Welcome to the Self-Care Spotlight. I'm your host, Alyssa Cousins, and I'm inviting you to a lifestyle, a way of being, where taking care of yourself is everything from yoga to doing work that you love. Through my solo episodes and interviews with inspiring women who are just as likely to meditate as they are to curse. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to make space for you and your self-care and live your most radiant, aligned life. Are you with me? Hi guys and welcome back. It feels so good to be back on the mic recording again for the self-care spotlight but in a whole new way. I mean, there's a lot of different tweaks and changes to the self-care spotlight. The biggest ones, and I'm sure you could see right away, was the cover, the cover image is different, the music for the intro sounds different, the intro itself, what I'm saying sounds different. There's a different energy, a different vibe to the podcast. I'm going to explain all of that. And I'm just here today for this first episode back for the fall season to explain what the hell's been going on in my life, number one, and talk about Project Spacious Summer, how all of that went. You guys know that I got married and you know that I said my last episode back in June when I said it was called I'm Taking a Break, Grace and Space, and you know, I stepped away to get married and focus on all of that and truly walk my talk. You know, I said that spaciousness was my word back in January for the year. And I felt such an urge, an overwhelming urge that I had had to walk away from the podcast and step back on a lot of ways from my business. And in that episode back in June, you know, I'm recording this now at the very tail end of August. And when I recorded that, I said I thought I would be back at the beginning of August. And I was really naive of me, honestly, in hindsight, to think that I would be ready after getting married on July 20th, that I would be ready to go in, in August. Duh. No, I was not ready. And, you know, I'm only just now feeling ready. And I'm getting ready for, you know, I'm recording this at the end of August. You guys are listening to this in September, on September 11th, Tuesday. And I'm just, you know, now I'm feeling I'm feeling ready. I'm recording this and I'm feeling ready to get back into all this, step back into all of this world. And do it though with a new perspective with fresh eyes and I want to talk about what that perspective is it's a perspective of spaciousness and I want to use this first episode back for the fall season to of course update you a bit on where I've been I want to explain why I did Project Spacious Summer I want to explain what I mean by embodying spaciousness and spaciousness as an embodiment lifestyle. I want to talk about what I've been hinting about for a while, which is that there's this big change. You can already probably see some of the changes, like I said, even just with this podcast. Um, I want to talk about the big changes. I want to talk to you guys about where the Self-Care Spotlight podcast is going. I want to talk to you about the journal deck. I want to talk to you about me, Alyssa Cousins, 
the business. And I also have to tell you all about my brand new mentorship program, which I am so stoked to release. Um, It's, you know, already has people signing up. I'm recording this again, end of August, and I already have people that are signed up and booked for it. And I haven't even released the program fully yet. I'm anticipating that I'm going to be having, um, need to be having a wait list for it. It's called the Making Space Mentorship, of course. And I'm going to tell you all about that because I'm very proud of it. It's something that came to me while I was creating all of this space, while I was, you know, off getting married. And that's when the idea came to me. And I'll explain that. And... I just have a lot of things that I want to share with you guys. So before we dive into all of that, I want to first and foremost, I want to take a brief moment here to, speaking of space, hold space for this day in the United States, which I'm not naive to knowing that this new season is coming on Tuesday, September 11th, which of course is a day that, you know, will live in our hearts forever as a a terrible day, as an American, as a citizen of the world in general, um, And I want to honor that. I want to hold space that I am not naive to knowing that that's when this podcast is airing and it's new fall season. And I don't want to be insensitive to that fact. But instead, I would like to bring, if you will, some lightness to this day that can feel heavy, that can feel dark. And so we're going to talk about space. We're going to... Honor the fact of this day that was dark. But we're going to also honor space and light. And my friend Emily was the one who I, you know, I thank you, Emily, for helping me to see this in that way because I hesitated about pushing the podcast back another week until the third week of September, even though I really didn't want to because I didn't want to come across as insensitive to this day. And she brought it to my attention that while she thought that that was, you know, really noble of me to think of, that instead I could see it as an opportunity to hold space for the day and also bring some lightness to the day. So I'm going to do just that. I'm going to do what I do best, which is speak from my authentic truth and bring the light, bring some light to this day when our hearts might be feeling a little bit more heavy as we remember all of those that were lost on that day, all those years ago. That seems like only yesterday when I was in the fifth grade when that happened and just a little girl not really understanding everything and wondering why you're getting called home from school and all of those things. So I'm going to do what I do best. I'm going to bring some light and I'm going to honor 
as well. So thank you, Emily, for helping me to see that perspective. And I hope that this episode can help you find some spaciousness and light on this day, whatever day it might be that you're listening to this. Okay, so here is where I'm at. I am married. (laughs) I am now married and I am loving being married. We got married on Friday, July 20th, 2018. And I know many of you guys were following me along as I posted about that, as I posted about our glamping honeymoon. And it was magical and wonderful. And I'm loving being a wife. I'm loving having a husband. It does feel different for those of you that are wondering. Yes, it does feel different, even though we've been together a very long time. Something shifted. Something is different. And I'm just still kind of in that bliss bubble that you talk about, you know, people talk about when they get married, and I'm still feeling it. And I'm still feeling very spacious. Um, Not quite as spacious as I could have felt, you know, the week after my, my wedding when I was glamping and just on a complete high. Um, but nonetheless, I still feel spaciousness. I really feel like I've embodied that word and I'm feeling very proud of myself for the work I've been doing to embody spaciousness. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about the wedding and all of those things because I'm not going to leave you hanging. Next week, I'm going to bring Brad on and we're going to talk a bit about the wedding. We're going to talk about, you know, just for fun, um, how married life is and how we're enjoying it and kind of what we thought about our own wedding and I think it'll be really fun to sit down we haven't done it yet like sit down and record an episode and have this conversation about like what did we think about the wedding and would we change anything and how did it go for you and um you know did we learn anything were we surprised about anything and and really how are we feeling like being married now And I think that just kind of will be fun for us and for listeners. I know you guys always enjoy when Brad is on, and I do too. I like his perspective. I like that, like, masculine energy. I think it's fresh, keeps it fresh. And he was on, I think, was it in June? He was on, I believe, because I said, yes, it was June, because I remember us saying, oh, we're going to be getting married next month. And we were talking about relationship stuff and So I think it's just kind of full circle to have him naturally come back right at the beginning of the new fall season um, when we're freshly, you know, newlyweds still at that point. So Brad's going to be back next week and we're going to talk about the wedding and all that fun stuff. So we'll, we'll kind of clue you in on the inside scoop and what we've learned and how we're liking married life and how that's shifted and what it means and... Yeah, all that good juicy relationship stuff. But this week, today, I want to start by kind of updating you all on spaciousness and and what 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 I really mean by spaciousness and what it means to me now. I want to give you guys some like hard examples of it. Um, yeah, so let's. Let's start there. So spaciousness. To me, as I already said, spaciousness has become, for me, an embodied, it's like an embodied lifestyle. It's an embodiment practice. I am 
I've been seeking to embody spaciousness, to feel spaciousness in my mind, my body, and my soul, my spirit, my heart. And it's something that, you know, at the beginning of the year when I said my word was spaciousness, here's the thing about when people choose a word for the year. When people choose the word, guys, I mean, they're naturally most likely choosing that word, whatever it might be, that feeling, because they are lacking that feeling, right? So I was lacking a sense of spaciousness. I was feeling a bit like overwhelmed and suffocated by life, by busyness, by to-dos, just lack of space. I was just not feeling very free. My schedule didn't feel free despite the fact that I was working for myself. And I'm going to talk about how that influenced the Making Space Mentorship later on in the episode. And I said I wanted to feel spaciousness because I wasn't feeling that way. So since January, I've been very dedicated to learning and trying to embody it like really just it it kind of unfolded naturally it's not like I was like doing this checklist of things I had to do in order to feel spacious it just has been this evolving thing where in the back of my mind I've always known that this has been my word this has been my um you know if you follow desire mapping world with Daniel Laporte it's been essentially my my number one core desired feeling of spaciousness um I'll put a link for that book in the show notes for you to find. And I've just been working with it. I've just been naturally trying to make choices because I do think that it is about that. I've been making choices that have helped me to feel the way I want to feel, to feel that sense of spaciousness. And it's really become an embodiment practice. It's something that embody in my body I've been trying to feel that way in my body mind and spirit and I've made conscious choices to feel that way and I'm going to give you some hard and fast examples so that you can understand that but you know I just think most of us in this modern world we really lack this idea of spaciousness we lack we just are so bogged down we have to-dos, we have shoulds, we have obligations, and we want, we seem like we want less of it. We want less to-dos, we want less shoulds, we want less stress, we want less junk food, you know, we want more quality time, we want more freedom, we want more open space, we want more nourishing foods, we want more me time. We, I believe, can have that more with less. We can have more with less. I've been very influenced by, I'll also put this in the show notes so you can snag the book on Amazon, Soulful Simplicity by Courtney Carver, How Living With Less Can Lead to So Much More. Her hashtag, I believe, is hashtag be more with less. And I'm really just fully embracing this idea of have more with less. And this book, I read it when I was in Aruba in May before Project Spacious Summer was like underway. And this book just really hit the nail on the head for me. I mean, everything about it, I understood. Uh, Let me just read you just a little segment here about busyness. And this is from the chapter, 
Making Time, The Busy Boycott. It's on page 118. She says, To be unavailable for our friends and family, to be unable to find time for the sunset, or even know that the sun has set at all, to whiz through our obligations without time for a single mindful breath, this has become the model of a successful life. It wasn't just saying no and freeing up time, but slowing down the clock by moving through the day with more attention and intention. Mm. So good, right? And I got to a place where I knew that 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 resonated and I understood that when I read it. So this book really like reaffirmed for me why I chose the word spaciousness and it's why it's required reading for my my mentorship program again I'll talk more about that later and it just reaffirmed for me that like yes this is how I was feeling and if you're resonating I highly recommend this book and you know maybe come and talk to me about the mentorship if you really resonate with everything I just read and you're just feeling overwhelmed you're just feeling Like you want to take part in the busy boycott. Like you want to say, nope, I'm not buying into it anymore. And I believe that you can have more with less. I believe that you can feel more abundant. You can feel better with less. That you can be more you than ever with less. That you can feel better than you've ever felt before with less. And I can tell you from my personal experience, I have never felt more alive in my entire life. I'm not just saying that to bullshit you. I've never felt more alive in my entire life since dedicating to feeling this way, since dedicating to space. You know, and I found the most interesting thing happened from dedicating to living this lifestyle you know, making these choices where a slogan that I've honestly come up with and something that I've been like telling clients and things is because space, you know, drinking water in the morning instead of, you know, first thing grabbing for coffee, drinking clear liquid water first because space, you know, it's become my answer, my default to everything because space it's like because dot 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 space or maybe it's because comma space whatever one works for you that's like become its own sentence for me and you know just in making these decisions and it's been the answer for me of why am I doing that oh because space (laughs) I think I need to make sure to say that so what I found that was really interesting in this whole because space answer is that once I started to really embody space, from that clarity and from that presence, because that's really what spaciousness is, is this sense of deep like presence and flow, I, you know, I have to tell you, at one point I thought something maybe was amiss <laughs> because I wasn't feeling the urge to meditate or to pull cards. I was doing it at one point a lot and then I just kind of 
stopped and I realized it and was like, huh, for some reason I'm not feeling the urge to do that. I'm not feeling the urge to sit and meditate and be quiet or pull cards. You know, I was finding myself doing like reading instead or journaling instead, but not really the silent meditation with the card pulling. And it just occurred to me and I was, you know, because I am me, <laughs> I sat and pondered, like, why is that? I need to be meditating. What am I doing? That is spaciousness. Meditation is spaciousness. It's spaciousness of mind. But when I sat and thought about it, I realized something. I totally understood the saying. When they say, if you can't spare five minutes to meditate, then you need to be really meditating for an entire hour. I got that now. Like, now I get it. It, like, clicked. And I understood that sentence. If you can't spare five minutes to meditate, you actually need to do a whole hour of meditation. Here's why. This is what I understood in that moment. You're lacking space. You're lacking so much spaciousness. If you cannot bear to spare five minutes of your 24-hour day, therefore, you more than anyone need an entire hour dedicated to meditation or something that is giving you spaciousness of mind, body, and spirit. Does that make sense? You more than anyone, if you cannot spare five minutes, you are lacking so much space that you desperately need that space right? Whoa, now you get it, right? Versus when I realized I stopped feeling this urge to meditate and pull cards, which was something I loved to do in the mornings. It was like my quiet time before I started my day, my self-care. When I realized I wasn't doing it and I had time to think about it, it's because I was embodying spaciousness and presence already. Therefore, I wasn't feeling out of alignment. I wasn't feeling that deep urge for space because I was space. I was present. Do you get what I'm saying? Now I understand that saying about the five minutes more than I've ever understood it in my life. When I sat and thought about that, it literally was like, boom, okay, whoa, major aha moment. And, you know, by the way, Aha moments are, you know, I heard this on an Oprah podcast, I think it was. And they said, you know, aha moments are just recognition of truth that your soul already knew. And then when it finally clicks, you're like, oh yeah, I did know that. So for me, this was an aha moment. This was a, oh, oh, I do get that. I did know that. That my soul recognized that as truth with a capital T. That's why those people really, really need an hour because they can't even spare five minutes. Because they lack so much space, they need that whole hour. Again, I was listening to another Oprah um, Super Soul Conversation podcast episode. She was talking to Eckhart Tolle. And it really resonated with me. And I, I, you know, maybe I'll put a link to that in the show notes too. I got a lot of links for this one. (laughs) And he said, you know, it's like the people who... Because she said, well, do you meditate? 
And you would expect Eckhart Tolle, this huge inspirational spiritual leader, you would expect him to say, I meditate three times a day, you know, for 20 minutes at a time. And he kind of just like brushed it off and was like, yeah, but not often or always. I I don't need to. He's like, you know, it's a great tool, but I don't all the time. And it works for some people and not for others. And it really got me. But then once he explained it, I understood again why he said that and and was kind of nonchalant about it because he has really been doing so much of this work. He's been doing the spaciousness work. He's been living mindfully. He's been living present. He wrote the book, The Power of Now, for goodness sakes. I'd hope that he feels that way of being in the present moment, of embodying. He even physically said that word. He said the word spaciousness. He said, you know, meditation is a great tool, but can you just live in, a, in spaciousness? He used that word. And it's like, well, yeah, you can meditate, say, for 20 minutes, you know, two times a week or something, whatever your meditation practice is, even if you do it daily. But he compared it to what if you're like the person that goes to Sunday church once a week, but then you go home and you're a shitty person. You're not kind. You're not patient. You're not tolerant of others. You're not compassionate. You snap on your husband or your wife. You're not a good friend. You know... Does that make you more holy? Does that make you, does does that one hour of Sunday church mean that you're more connected to God? Does that make you a better person? Does it make you more spiritual or religious or whatever you want to call it? No, it, it doesn't, right? I mean, anyone would be like, well, no, it doesn't. If you go home and you're still a shitty person or you're rude or whatever it might be, It doesn't like, God's not like, oh, you got to pass because you went to church for an hour. Um, Same thing with meditation as he was, you know, he gave that analogy and I just really understood it. I hope you do too. You know, with meditation, same thing. Just because you meditate, uh, what about the rest of your day? Are you embodying spaciousness in the rest of your day? Or are you just flitting from one thing to the next like a chicken with your head cut off, just like running all over the place and the next to-do list and checking things off. And there's nothing inherently wrong with to-do lists, but you get the point. Are you just so consumed with busyness and saying yes to everything that you're not saying yes to yourself, that you're not taking up space in your own life, that you're not being present in your own life, that, you know, as he said, you might not even notice that the sun has set at all. And you're not, as Courtney Carver wrote, bringing attention and intention into the rest of your day. You know, linger a little more in the rest of your day. Therefore, I mean, like, be present. Linger a little longer in the rest of your day. That's true spaciousness. Not just, oh, I went to yoga class. Okay, so the rest of the day, I can just be a crazy person. No. 
that doesn't work that way. You don't get a pass. You, <laughs> it just because you go to yoga doesn't make you a better person. It might help, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be cool, calm, and collected all the time. And I'm not saying that you never will have a bad day, but you get my point. Spaciousness is something that you embody. And if you can truly embody it, um, you'll already be in tune. And therefore, you might think, well, how am I going to have time? How do I have time to go to yoga and meditate and journal and, oh my gosh, my self-care hour just turned into two or whatever. Oh my God, that's too much. I got to take a bubble bath, like all these things. No, you don't. Not necessarily the things that you do do in your day. Can you be utterly present? And then you'll not need to do as much. There's that have more with less. You won't have to do, you know, 10 things of a self-care checklist just to feel some space because you'll just be embodying it. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. His words really stuck with me about the church and the meditation analogy. And I just was like, bam, I have got to share that. It is just pure gold. So with that being said, I want to give you guys some hard and fast examples of what am I talking about, you know, with spaciousness in terms of can you give me some concrete things? So some things that you can do and some things that I did that can help you better understand how you can incorporate this into your life. So here we go. Food. Let's start with something everyone can understand. Eating. Food. Is it heavy or is it light? Does it make you feel good or does it make you feel bad? Um, food is something that less junk food, more nourishing foods. Very simple. You know what's good for you. You know what's not. You know what makes you feel heavy. You know what makes you feel light. Um, you know, for some of us, dairy would give us the opposite feeling of lightness and we would feel like we're huge and bloated and we're going to float away. You know, meat for others, whatever it might be, um, carbs, whatever, you know your body better than anyone else. So with food, I kind of have approached this as if I'm putting it into my body, I want it to also create a feeling of space. If I overeat or I eat things that I know are going to make me feel like shit, I literally would have that thought where I'd be like, hmm, this bloated stomach that I'm feeling, this this heaviness, this is not spaciousness. So even your food, this isn't about being skinny or looking looking awesome. It's about how you feel. So if you feel crappy, if I would feel and be like, oh my gosh, my stomach hurts. Like that was, I shouldn't have eaten that. Like I knew I shouldn't have eaten that. I knew that wouldn't make me feel good. Why did I do that? You know, I have some of those moments. Sure. And I, I think mm, that wasn't, that wasn't a, sp- a space, uh, a choice of space. So I've really been thinking consciously about what I put into my body because Whatever you put into your body is naturally going to take up space literally in your stomach and in your body. So what do you choose to fill up your body with? What are you choosing to fuel your body with? Are you going to take up good space or are you going to take up space in your body with junk? 
and just junk it all up. That's just a good way to view it. Are you, it's like, it's like optimizing if you lived in a small house, optimizing your space in your stomach. Are you utilizing the space well with good organization or are you junking it all up and just throwing shit everywhere and no good foods and it's just taking up too much space and it's not good. There's another analogy for you. It's like an Ikea analogy within your stomach and the type of food that you are or are not nourishing your body with. So that's a pretty simple example is the food, heavier light, taking up good space in your body or not. Don't junk it up. Like I said with water, that's another example. Instead of in the morning, the first thing reaching for a cup of coffee or something caffeinated or even breakfast, The first thing I do now, and it sounds so simple, but I wasn't doing it, drinking water, just filling up a big glass of water, not anything like gigantic, like a a giant gallon of water and making my stomach hurt because that doesn't feel spacious either. That feels bloated. Um, Just drinking a nice tall glass of water, clear, liquid, good old fashioned water, fueling myself up in a really good way. Drinking the water helps me feel like a bit more clear in my mind. Instead of when you wake up, you feel a little fuzzy. It kind of helps to wake me up. And then once I've drank the water, then I can't, you know, the water is literally even clear. I mean, it just looks like space. (laughs) And then I will like kind of, I guess, allow myself to be like, okay, now we can have coffee because I enjoy coffee and I don't want to deprive myself of it. I'll have a glass and or a cup. And then after that, typically then I'll eat my food. That's typically how it's been kind of going. So I eat my breakfast a little later in the morning, maybe around 10 or so. Um, and it feels better than I used to wake up and first thing start to eat. And I thought that that, you know, we always hear, um, eat a big breakfast, like first thing when you wake up and I always just abided by that because it's what I was told. But you kind of, again, you know your body better than anyone else. So for me, I kind of gave it a try and realized I was better just drinking water first thing, then having a a cup of coffee for enjoyment, and then eating my breakfast. That's another example of creating spacious and uh, light feelings. Another example, this one is with your to-dos. We all have to-dos and it's something that I don't want to pretend that we don't, we do. But I want you to think of this as you can break down your to-dos into categories. So I like to, you know, separate things by, for me, as an example, my home stuff that I have to do, my journal deck stuff I have to do, and then say podcast stuff that I have to do and maybe now I can add mentorship stuff that needs done so if I have these four different checklists of things choosing maybe three to four from all of those lists of things that I really need to focus on that week or let me rephrase picking maybe eight things from that week from those lists that I really need to focus on that week and then every day going through and picking two to three things you know, you can adjust the numbers as needed that absolutely have to get done on that particular day. Therefore, you're really prioritizing your week and then you're prioritizing the day um, based on what really needs to get done. And therefore, I feel that I've created space in my schedule and I know everything's going to get done that needs to get done and that I want to get done. There are things on those, you know, make a separate list that's just your self-care list. You know, I really want to go to yoga. I really want to meditate on, on this day. 
Put it on like a to-do list, but make it a self-care list. I once heard it called a ta-da list. Things that are going to make you feel like ta-da, you know, and add those into the agenda if you need to, to make sure that they get done so you feel good. So breaking your lists down into categories, choosing a couple things for the week that need to get done, and then from there, paring it down even more every day with a couple things you can choose. Brad made an excellent point. It was so funny. He had a new... Um, planner he bought and he said you know something Liz if I can't fit it into the little square on the planner I realistically have found that I'm not going to be able to get it done if I put too much in there I can't actually get it done I can only get done what can fit in that square that is provided for me in the planner and he was like how genius is that and I loved that he said that it literally just made me smile you have no idea (laughs) and um I just thought oh damn he's so cute So it makes sense though, right? You can only fill your day up with so much stuff. Keep spaciousness in your day. If you clog it all up, you're just not going to be able to embody space. There's just no way around it. Movement is another example. You want to, you know, this is an easy one. Move. Every single day, move in some way. Whether it's a walk, whether it's yoga, CrossFit, going for a run, you know, a jog, Uh, dancing, whatever it might be, movement so that you're physically taking up space. Like think of when you're dancing or doing yoga or something or you're, you're taking up physical space in your area and kind of commanding space in that, in that area. And you're clearing stuck energy and you're clearing tight muscles. You're making inner space in your body and in your mind and in your muscles, literally, and you're physically also taking up space, like on your yoga mat, for example, or in your living room whenever you're dancing all around the place or whatever it might be. You're commanding space and you're clearing space in your body and in your mind by being very present in whatever activity it is that you are doing. That is that spaciousness. Um... Let me give another example here with um, things like TV, podcasts, music. So maybe I'm saying this because I'm one of those people that I literally can't, I can't actually, I can't really listen to music and do work at the same time, even if it's ambient music. I recently posted about it. I just can't do it. But what I will say, and I would love for all of you to try, is during the first say 15 minutes of your day. I don't want you to put on any music, any TV, any podcasts, even my podcasts. Don't put it on. Not for the first 15 minutes. So if you're one of those people who automatically always like hits, you know, the music, the Spotify app, puts the TV on, watches the news, puts on NPR, listens to podcasts while you get ready, just don't. The first 15 minutes of the day, let there be space. Let there be quiet. Let that stillness of the morning, let it just be. Let it just be. And see how that feels. See how that feels. Okay. These are two examples that I did for my work. I walked away from the weekly newsletter 
because I talked about that a while back when I told you all I'm not doing it anymore. I will do a monthly one when I come back, but the weekly just felt like this is absurd. Why am I doing this? I don't like getting weekly emails. Why am I bombarding other people with weekly emails? So my answer to that was I'm not going to do weekly emails because space. There we go. Um, me walking away from the podcast in you know, at the end of June and not coming back until now, mid-September because I wanted to get married, because I wanted to focus on my marriage and my wedding and all of that happy time and honeymoon and the preparation and just soaking it all in, being present because space. And so I walked away and it was such an easy decision at the end of it when I finally sat down and got real with myself, I realized I really want this. Everything in me is saying walk away. Just because you walk away from the podcast doesn't mean people won't keep listening. Every week I get updates saying that people are still listening, you know, to the podcast, even though I'm not putting out new ones. I get updates. I know you're listening still. I know you're catching up. I know new people are probably listening. I got new clients. I filled up my retreat more than I ever have. I didn't, you know, the ball, you know, the the floor didn't drop out from underneath of me just because I walked away from work a little bit. That spaciousness allowed so much more to come in. It allowed me to enjoy so much of my marriage and my wedding. And it also allowed so many ideas so many ideas to come my way. And that's where I want to go with this next segment of the podcast. This conversation will continue in the next episode. You can continue listening by downloading part two. Good news, ladies. If everything that I have been talking about is resonating with you, if this is a call to you for spaciousness in your life, then I am so excited to tell you all about the Making Space Mentorship, which I'm going to explain in part two of this episode. And if you want to hear from me personally, if you are like, After you listen to part two of this conversation, you're thinking, yes, 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 I want to work with you one-on-one or I want to hear more about this. I want to hear the details. What exactly does being a mentor, you know, what will that mean with working with you? What are the details of the program? All of the things. I would be happy to sit down and have an actual conversation with you where me and you are talking on the phone or on Zoom, Skype, whatever works for you so that we can actually chat and I can connect with you and we can talk about what that would mean to be your mentor one-on-one with the Making Space Mentorship Program. You can simply, after you're done listening to part two of this conversation, or if you're just dying to email me and you already know that you want to talk to me, then simply go to uh, my email and find me. It's alyssacousins at gmail.com. That's spelled Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, cousins, K-U-Z-I-N-S, at gmail.com.